Welcome to episode two of the Honey Boy podcast. My name is Alma Harel. I directed Honey Boy, and I'm going to sit together with Shia LaBeouf, who wrote it and is starring in it, together with Lucas Hedges, Noah Jupe, and Byron Bowers. We're sitting today with David Lowry, who's one of my favorite filmmakers. His film, A Ghost Story, is definitely... A life-changing experience if you haven't seen it about time and memory and he's been really one of the only filmmakers I've shown the script to before I started directing it he gave me a lot of notes um, one of the reasons that the ending of this film is the way it is is because of some of David's ideas and uh, we're really honored to have him here with us I, I feel like I'm in a weird twilight zone because I just got <laughs> off of a plane from shooting a movie and now I'm here and talking to you folks about a movie that's very much about movies and and it was something I you know I I feel like I've was along for the ride with your production in many Definitely. ways whether it was on Instagram or reading the scripts or seeing the rough oh, cuts sure, and man. so you're like the only probably one of the only people that kind of gave me notes and it was one of those those things where seeing the final product was so incredible because like I just know what the journey was to get there mm. both for you like writing mm. the script mm. yeah. you making that executing that script and then the post-production process and movies are hard like there's no way they're ever easy and it was yeah. really and I just was remembering you know kept kept thinking like when you you know go are in it when you're in it it feels sometimes like you're either going uphill you're in the sisyphean struggle to get this thing over the hill sometimes it feels hopeless but then if all the intentions are there if the intentions are pure and you're approaching it with sincerity you're going to get something at the end and mm. it might not be what you thought it was it might mm. be different or it might have right. changed but you're going to have that right and one of the things you know there's always those moments when you're on a set where you're like this is what i'm going to remember like regardless of what happens with the film this mm. is what I'm gonna remember about this experience and wow. usually not when you're shooting and so I just kind of wanted to right. ask all of you like what were your memories from this movie that you're gonna just kind of put away and carry with you that when you think back to the film it's not maybe the film at all maybe it's just this mm. little pocket of personal history that transpired while you were making it I had I have those a lot on my documentaries like I feel like on a documentary you have one of those almost every few times a day yeah where you're like I don't know where this is going I don't know what the story is I don't know where it's gonna end how long it's gonna take who am I doing it for why am I doing it but I know I have to be here and then this magical thing happened or I'm present and I'm you know and, and I know that no matter what this is gonna stay with me forever and And this felt very different to me maybe because I felt like immense pressure I guess the whole time to because it's like doing your first script of the film and yeah. feeling like oh can I can I do that you know after doing only documentaries and never and also telling Shia's story which I felt like sort of all the time this you know not wanting to to fuck it up or, yeah. or, or, or do something against the truth of what happened and at the same time feeling super responsible to bring Otis to life and make sure it's not just Shia's story but mm. also a film about mm. something, you know, like mm-hmm. a son and a father. And, mm. and so I, I had less of those moments, I think, where I was just kind of lost in the moment. I felt like I was kind of oppressed by the bureaucracy of the crew and I remember after I finished I went to dinner with you and I was like David why didn't you tell me it's such a nightmare to make a film. <laughs> 
like because you always forget and you were like you're gonna forget it and then i thought about you because when we were in toronto behind the stage i was we were like hugging and like they were crying and he just saw it for the first time mm. and Shia was happy and we were all together and Byron and we, I was just like, my heart was going to burst mm. out of his, my chest from love. And I was like, wow, you were right. I was thinking about you and I was like, it was all. Those rose-colored glasses yeah, are just so it was all, powerful mm, and, yeah. and so dependable. Mm. I don't have necessarily a um, specific memory. I have an image in my mind when I think Honey Boy and then there's just image flashes and it's like, like the motel with the neon lights and Shia just sitting on his bike. Mm. And like that, that just like flashes into my mind and it will always, for the rest of my life, whenever mm. I think of um, Honey Boy, mm. just like the, ne like the neon and then that, that specific motel room will forever mm. resonate with this movie for me. For me, there are a lot of those, I think, for this one. One that comes to mind is when I was in the hair and makeup trailer and Chaya came up to me, it was before we'd filmed together. And I didn't know who, who I was gonna meet. I was just fantasizing about him all the time and what he was doing and, and if he cared about me, if he liked, like all this, all this fantasy. And then he came up to me in the hair and makeup trailer <laughs> and he didn't say anything, but he, was, he had his headphones on and he put one headphone in my ear <laughs> and pressed play and it was, uh, uh, you got a friend in me, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then it, he let it play for like five seconds and then turned it off. And it was like, both of us, I think, were like really shaky in that moment, like, because mm -hmm. it was like first contact. Mm -hmm. And and then we like said goodbye. But it was like, I heard, Sh I heard Shia, or I heard the character, I heard my Otis's dad in that song. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even like meeting Shia. It was like I heard his character's voice through that song to me, and it was like all of a sudden, like I heard my dad from a very young part of me. Like I like I heard something that wasn't mine. That was a memory of the characters. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. Fuck, man, I had one, and then you said that, and now I got to jog again. I guess my head goes to all these unprofessional moments, <laughs> like all these just moments that I almost wish I could erase. Just moments where, where like it was not professional, just like non-professional. I remember like me and Alma like being in the woods, and me just like being so scared of Lucas, and we had just. We had just like filmed our first scene together and it had been so fucking loaded and it was like first week. And I just remember not really knowing what I was gonna do. And I'm also playing older dad and I- just, Had makeup for five hours. Yeah, makeup for five hours. And I really wanted to get this shit off that had been bubbling. And then the camera, I'm hearing all these voices and I just felt like, oh man, this is the fucking end. And then we went into the woods and me and Alma had words in the woods and I felt like the whole crew heard me and I, I remember coming back feeling so embarrassed for being loud in the woods. And then the walk back, I felt like click, like that shame. So many times it's hard to say what is wrong, like especially for people like us, I think that have a hard time expressing ourselves and what we feel to each other when there is shame about something. Yeah. And then it comes out in like, you know, some, just something doesn't work for anybody. Yeah. And like sh weird shit starts to happen. And like, why is it? It's because it's not working. 
And then like afterwards you find suddenly the magic because of that failure, you know? So I don't know, it was like, I didn't think it was anything you did. I just think that that scene was supposed to fail, you know? Yeah. And then like it came out like in all sorts of ways. And it's so weird in movies, like how movies have their own way of kind of going through you. And, and then revealing themselves revealing to you. Revealing so themselves that you can to you. And, you, have you're not, that and you're not ahead of them. No. You want to be ahead of them and you want to feel like you're smart enough to be ahead of them and that you know how to say the right thing or how to react. But the movie's ahead of you sometimes and mm. like it informs you and makes you do things. Plus you're in, you're in a, like a leadership position. Yeah. And I also, like you feel responsible for my story in a yeah. weird way. I also feel responsible for your entrance into this narrative thing right so now there's like this mutual ownership on both sides where we're, we're, where we're trying to like posture for each other that was all very scary very like, scary yeah. and for me to sit there and also that was the first time ever in my life because up to that point everything kind of worked yes so i was like this is the first time in my life that i'm sitting and i'm like oh this is what happens when a script that you thought's gonna work doesn't work yes. and the magic isn't there and it, the scene isn't working for some reason and yes. we're looking for why but we're it's just not there yes and what do you do do you just say like let's fold it up and go home like you can't and like everybody starts to feel guilty and hard. try to adjust that was a heavy that was night painful. that pool that was so scene painful. oh it took a while oh and the pool scene the was pool also scene? heavy until that was my that memory scene wasn't working that yeah. was my memory and yeah. uh lucas Luke, you don't remember you were so cold you got out of the pool yeah you the only one out of the pool oh, really? that's why you end up sitting on the side of the pool <laughs> and i'm watching you and i'm shivering and i'm looking at all the extras and they Shaking so much, yeah. they teeth. My teeth are chattering, <laughs> and I look at Martin Starr, and Martin just got that look on his face. Martin is so fucking zen. Yeah, he's not even moving. He's person, not shaking yeah. or nothing. <laughs> and then all I could think about was like, man, I wonder what them people in Dunkirk went through <laughs> in the boat. You know what I mean? And I'm like, these, I'm like, these are real professionals right here. And then Martin just sitting there like, Shy, were you there for those sequences? Or no you, way. No. Did you stay away when James wasn't part of the? Film? I went day one when he was doing his thing, and just to know that it was real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then and then and then I I walked in. Uh, he was in the middle of heavy lifting day one, yeah, was, day two, or something yeah. like that. And I looked over at Alma, and Alma was like. I was so, yeah, I was terrified when I saw Shaq because I, he's, he was not gonna, he was so graceful about like letting us do whatever mm -hmm. we wanted. And he was like, you just, you know, I'm, I don't need to be there. I just want to be there when I do James. And I knew how scared he was of like, just the idea, imagine the idea of playing somebody else yeah. who's with you in the yeah. scene. It's like he would play McEnroe or something and McEnroe yeah, was there impossible. watching. Like, but also I, desperate to, sorry, go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when I found out Shia Alma was like, yeah. after we finished the scene, she was like, oh, and Shia was here. And he and was, I was like, like, I don't know if I can finish this thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, I, my heart leapt because yeah. I was like, all I want to do is see Shia right, right. now. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. But at, at the same time, I was like, Oh no! Like fuck this! Like, like <laughs> I swear to God! Like I swear to God! Like all my, and then I was like, "Oh my, you can't tell me that! Like you can't tell me that!" Yeah. Oh yeah, it was such a delicate balance. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I wanted to. I wasn't even at a certain point. Like I once I knew it was real. I knew it was real when I saw the trailers on the street. But then there's a whole other decision to actually go to set. Right. And that decision had very little to do with me to go check on set, but was more like a jab. Like, let me go meet my dance partner because at that right. point we hadn't. I hadn't, we, we we just hadn't, I wanted to like right. touch you in that setting to sort of sh shake off my own nerves. Yeah. Yeah, but but then I knew, like, I didn't know it was gonna be those heightened scenes, and then I backed out of the room. Uh, plus, plus I saw, you know, you were, 
you guys were in it, so I, I, I left. And I think I went to your house to go juggle that same day. <laughs> we ju- we juggled every, every single day. day. That just sounds like normal Saturday. Yeah, you know, <laughs> house to go yeah. juggle. Yeah. I feel like you didn't believe the film was going to happen. Yeah, that's real. I like, think it was real. ever. Like, no matter how long we were in it, you were still thinking it's not. <laughs> I remember when you came to set to, or maybe it was like for a fitting, it was like the day... It was like your first day on set, and you were walking around in character, in your costume, like, at lunch. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember being like, yeah. like, I was so mad. I was so mad at you. <laughs> I, I remember was so mad I at remember you. it. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> and I, was, and I really I was wanted, was trying to be nice with you at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, there were so many things going on at once that yes. made it impossible for me to talk to you. Yes, I know. And you, you actually... <laughs> paste in front of the trailer with your music on as a way of like advertising get the fuck away from me oh did and I, I do felt that? it yeah I felt it nah, probably I felt it and I did leave I remember I, I did my fitting and left how many days did this movie take to 20, make up? 21 it feels like it Crazy, could have taken right? you know I would be like oh this is like months of shoot like just it feels yeah, like mean, there's such a life day alone like covered sometimes 10 pages a day it like is, or more and, 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 those and scenes, improvised on top of that like, like, this, it like was the early scene brutal. where you walk wow, to, the, to do crazy. laundry where it's all in that one take yes. like such a good scene it's incredible it's such an amazing way to just get into the rhythm of the movie and yes. understand the dynamic between these characters that was terrifying and how can you like it's like it's just both incredible performances but like on a technical yeah. level you know, doing those wonders can be hard, but it just feels yeah. like you, it feels like you just walked in and did it. And I know that you'd been, I feel like I've seen, I saw videos of you guys rehearsing beforehand yes. and yeah, I knew there was rehearsed. a lot of just, you know, work done getting up to those moments, but were those technically challenging to go just like say, hey, we're gonna knock this out in one take and cover oh, yeah. 10 pages of dialogue in one take. A lot of scenes in the film that feel like a wonder and they're not a wonder. Yeah. Like that laundry thing is like a big, big scene that lasts from the room to the laundry room, back to the room, yeah. to the juggling, to the conversation. But actually, like, it was cut over two days or something, but, and My mixed with others. One shot. That's we amazing. had, like, such a puzzle because he could only shoot a few hours a day, and then there was, like, the whole daylight thing with inside the room. And so school. It was, Ugh. yeah, it was a puzzle. But, like, you, you really, like, kind of managed to knock out so much dialogue in that hotel and it yeah. was like such a hot room like for 10 how long two weeks we were there yeah i mean i 10 weeks yeah honestly 10 weeks <laughs> ten, 10 weeks yeah 10 weeks in that room in that that's hotel room. <laughs> that's what it felt um, like but honestly two weeks yeah that's insane i don't really done anything before with that much to say. Right. Like over the course of my career, I've managed to play lots of different emotions, but I've never had this wide range of, mo- of emotions right. in one character that I can just go out and play with. So it was terrifying. It was really, really terrifying. Yeah. Like, some, you know, me, me and Shai would sit there at my house after we juggled and whatnot, and we'd just read through the script. We must have read through the script, like just improvising, just read through the script, <laughs> like, six times over the wow. course of like the two weeks we uh leading up to probably more probably more to to the um to the shoot yeah. and i think that helped a lot and i think obviously you got me in a month before uh, yeah you we came started a month shooting before, yeah. and just just being around the energy of the shoot and honestly it's it was weird because as soon as i got to la 
and I like got down and I met Alma or and Lucas and and Shy. I was like, there there was suddenly a vibe of mm. Honey Boy, and I didn't and I didn't get fire. out of that vibe until I finished shooting. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like oh I get off set and then yeah. I go back to my normal life. No, it was like I get off set and I'm still in this it kind of like over. Honey it Boy took vibe. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was, and, and yeah, we miss it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. I'll I'll yeah. look back on that memory and, and it yeah. and it's almost like it had a filter on yeah. the on the picture. Right. Wow, um, That's of this so like true. Honey Boy scent or whatever. But we all like really just wanted to talk about it. Endlessly. You were so thirsty when you came to set oh. to start. He was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like he just wanted to start so much because he yeah. started later. I never went to set with like while they were shooting. I never read the script of the second half. Yeah. I never like got involved. I obviously, actually, me and Lucas spent a lot of time together. Seeing as we were never in any scenes with each other. We spent a lot of time hanging out, talking about it, just, and I- We went saw Han Solo. Yeah, we went to see <laughs> Solo at the, so we watched Borg versus McEnroe on yes. Alma's oh, Projector. My house, yes. um, and we you just, guys went to a baseball game? We spent a lot we of time together. Oh, no, they went to a baseball game. Yeah, we all did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all did, yeah. <laughs> we, um, but we just spent a lot of time together as we both develop these characters, because we were almost going through the same stages yeah. of developing these characters. And I think, honestly, you, it really shows on screen, like the similarities between the two. Yeah, it's real, real, real heart, established yeah. the heart connection. Yeah, really and I there. think that really helped. But honestly, in terms of, I, I never saw until I sat Which down I and watched Which I was really the, smart, like kind of not wanting to know what's it's his always, future. It's always great to yeah, have yeah, some, you know, to focus on the parts that you need to focus on. Right. Like when I've worked as an editor, I, like I never want to like read the script. I just want to see the dailies. I oh, don't want to know. I don't want to know oh, like so cool. what wow. doesn't exist for me. That's great. And as an actor, I can imagine wow. that being really useful. Like to just like, like I'm not going to be in those scenes. Mm. Like I, I don't want that to. I don't want to be thinking about a way in which mm. some choice I make might resonate with a choice someone else makes. Because that I stuff should happen. I don't know the director's name, but apparently there's this guy who. I got it's some some known person but director but he give, he only gives the actors their lines and they keep it was Shakespeare it was Shakespeare did it and then like more recently a lot you know a few directors are doing like where they only give their cues and then their lines yeah. so then wow. people are just listening for their cue and then they're gonna say their line if you know what I mean so it's almost like you know they're constantly listening and they're constantly reacting off these other people because they're they're on you know they're ready for the, for their cue and their line, um, I think that's quite interesting. It allows you to be more subjective in what you're doing. Yeah, you don't yeah. know where you're going to end up either in a conversation no, no, no. or in the film itself. Yeah, yeah, it eliminates your ability to be the director. Yes, at the same time, yes. which I think a, a lot of actors. I'll speak for myself. Like, I have a way of just like thinking I know. Like I like I, I like go here and I'm like I should do this. Yeah, and you can't do that. Yeah, no, with, really with, if you can't. don't know what's and you happening, which and you, you shouldn't, shouldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> the, my, like the takes that uh, you know when you you'll film like a good few and it takes in a day or, or of a scene and then the takes that are the best you kind of don't remember mm-hmm. mm. because they're not they're not they're, they're almost another person's takes. Oh, wow. They're almost another version of yourselves. 
like they don't feel like yours because you've inhabited this persona or whatever wow. and it feels like you've almost you know you you feel it you feel it when you've done that take yeah. and you get off and you, and you go I've got it that that was it did any of you go in while Alma was editing like visit and see stuff as it was coming together or was it nothing. all nothing he didn't even come until I finished but I also experienced her in edit on some other thing right. and knew that it was a very insular private meditation yeah. system yeah. so there was no need yeah, yeah and that was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he slept through he slept a few like, sessions. Yeah. Sleep, I have a question it. that's kind of like, I mean, I'm probably setting myself to get hurt, but it's okay. Hurt me if you if you need to. But like, <laughs> do you have like moments that you see and you're like, this was a shitty take. She should have used a different take. Like as actors, do you see and you're like, I had a much better take that I remember I did here. One. You have one like I have that? One, yeah. It was in the midst of doing um, pantomime. Yeah. And I'm like rubbing the clit of the bike. Yes. And it's the it's right when she go she you cut to her and she's not there and yeah. you cut back to me and I close my mouth. Right. Yeah, which felt big. Right. That's and the I, only <laughs> moment that I thought, ooh, maybe that's too big. Maybe it's too like humorous. I think I love I remember really thinking that those moments were amazing. Yeah, so But yeah. but that's like that's the only th- one that, But I think like that's really like a lot of times the 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 thing is, but that's a thinking thing. something is too big, yeah. right? Like you, yeah. you felt the opening is too big a little bit, or yeah, something. Felt, and you told I mean, me, I, and I lowered it I down in like, the sound. Like I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I know what's right, and I also don't know that anyone but me is to blame for the moments that I don't like. I remember when we showed you the cut, you were like, I have zero notes except yeah. this one part was I say dogs or something and I was like I want to cut that I was like something really small oh yeah and I was like wow like it was just so easy I was like this is yeah. the easiest part of the film right yeah. now like I couldn't yeah. believe we it ended with like a, one note or yeah, two just, notes or something and I was just so amazing because Shia is so specific on set and like really I feel like so passionate and care about every nuance. That's the part of the movie where I have the say. Right. Like the edit, I don't, I still don't think. But you could have had it. I mean, it's it's your life story and you could have come in with like a thousand notes. See, that's the difference. You didn't have any notes. I think when it became edit, it didn't, it changed hands. Right. It went from being my story to being a film. And it was no longer, I had no longer had ownership over it in the same way. That, that I did on set. And that must have been a relief as yeah, well. To yeah, let it go. big time. Yeah, yeah, that's really, I thought, when like it felt like more an exorcism in that, that moment than it did when we were filming it. I wasn't feeling it in real time. It was only when it when I was able to like relinquish it and it was no longer just solely mine in that way. It happened to me a little bit in like in Lucas and Noah coming in, but more so in, in totality when we really, when it changed hands and it became your film solely which is when the edit started up and and on the other side of the edit when it started when it did feel like some kind of release like uh these are no longer mine it's funny i i only feel it when i show it to an audience yeah yeah (laughs) which takes so long and like i remember like also when lucas saw it because i was like everybody saw it but he didn't see it yet and then when he came and he saw it in toronto i was like Okay, like yeah. it's just kind of yeah. like it's out there now. I mean, do you, Alma, do you watch it still or are you yeah, done? I do because, you know, I never went to film school and I never really studied film and I'm not a cinephile and like I don't have a huge film education. I have my father and my friends and, you know, um, 
my, uh, my ex-husband, who I watched film with and spoke about them. But really what I learned is watching my films, which sounds really terrible, but I'm, I'm the kind of person that really needs to do something in order to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm really not a good, I've never been good at school and I didn't even finish high school properly. And like, I just, I'm not good at watching other people's things and learning from it, but I'm very good at learning from my own mistakes or things that I do. So. When I watch the film, I'm learning. I'm like, and that's a positive oh, experience. That's yeah, a beautiful just way like, to... oh, this is this I don't, is, I don't this think work. I, I don't this... think I could watch it again, just because. Oh, I, I just, can watch it. <laughs> you know, I could. It just, I would one, I would just be bawling by the end of it, and it's just that thing of, I feel although it, I, this probably wouldn't happen, but I feel like it won't be. As special if you watch it again. A lot of times, it's true. And, and like, I just want that moment and like to remember it as like that yeah. that specific thing, and and then see how everyone else watches it. Totally. I, I just feel like for me, one of the most, I, I guess, like seeing other people reacting to it and like feeling how the at each room feels different. Like you can show the same film in a certain film festival or a different film festival and like the the room feels so different and I'm I'm still curious about this you know mm -hmm. like how does yeah. that work and but even in like so, silence like yeah. just, just the energy and like the way people move there's so many different cinema. types of silence in the movie theater <laughs> yeah. it's really yeah. profound yeah, yeah. It's really sometimes nice. it's terrifying and sometimes it's you're like this like, is perfect right yeah, yeah. yeah. it really is it really, it really is. is profound and like meditative and it's like dreaming with other people suddenly which mm -hmm. is what i always wanted to experience so for me it's like i kind of like oh finally i get to experience and and you do it in film festivals you know it's not like after that you keep watching it like when i did my first film i just watched it aloud in film festivals and then I didn't watch it for six, seven years and just saw it again now, you know, in some screening. And that's really cool. It was like watching a set, watching this in Toronto and then watching it in, in the States. You could tell the, the, the whatever, the culture, just how they respond and what they cry to. And everybody's going to respond at different moments or laugh or tear up at different moments. And, and it's important for me as, a, as a, the type of performer I am to see or take a project like that that has so many emotions. It's like touring, like, yeah, it's as like a comedian, telling a joke around and you watch and everybody. The joke in different cities. Different cities. Right. Yeah. That's how we develop the material before we right. tape it. Yeah. And then this is the different where you tape it yeah. first and you watch it. But it's done. It's finished. Yeah. Which is what's cool about it too. That yeah. like when you finish a film, yeah. it's like it's just done. Like it's you're done. not gonna you can see it in a thousand cities and like a unless you're Michael Mann, in which case you'll go back in about <laughs> two years and work on one of eight future new versions, right. which I just, I can't imagine, it's terrifying. Right. One thing uh, I just realized when you were saying, you know, how the cultural differences bring different audience reactions out, but there are gonna be people who go see this movie who don't realize that you're playing your own dad, perhaps. They're just gonna, right. they're gonna take it at face value that this is a drama about a fictional character. And that's and like really kind of miss on the meta aspect. Of yeah, it. yeah, and just and, and taking it in that level, right, and that's right, a beautiful right. thing. Yeah. Like right. what a, what an amazing thing to imagine someone because like we're sitting here all very aware of the meta level of it, and yeah. I think that's been part of the narrative of the film. Yeah, for but sure. as it gets out into the world, yeah. there will be people who just go to see it because they're like, it's oh, a that's a cool looking poster, story, for sure. And let's go right. see this this film, yeah. and, right. and won't be bringing that to it. Yeah, and I think it'll be a an entirely different, but. Well, not entirely different. There'll be, there'll be, yeah. uh, it's a parallel experience that's yeah. equally beautiful. 
Also, I think the difference between Sundance and Toronto was, and this is true, I guess, of all film now, um, is like there's no spoilers anymore mm-hmm. in all films. Like uh, right. nobody goes to a f- at least, well, I can't speak for everybody, but it feels like discounting what you just said, David, forgive me, but I feel like Toronto, uh, in Sundance, nobody knew what to expect because nobody had seen it. So in the first screenings oh. where the happens, it's because there's been no review, there's been no assessment, there is yeah. no criticism yeah. online, True. there is nothing available. No and so the, the, no trailer. the, yeah, nothing. So the write-up on the relationship isn't known either, that it's a, an aggressive relationship, that it's, there's a lot of confrontation, that there's abuse involved. None of that is known in the Sundance screenings. And then you get to Toronto and you primarily have a film-friendly, film-reading, film reading, uh, film criticism reading audience that's all read reviews prior to going into that screening. So they've already pre-assessed the film and pre-almost ascribed a review themselves before ever sitting down, which, which, which I guess in our favor worked because none of our reviews were too terrible. So I guess it kind (laughs) of was favorable to us, but um, I think, yeah, the spoiler of what our relationship was was gone by the time we got to Toronto and it felt almost like this expectant thing, like, oh, there it is. That There's that sucks. thing that I had read about. Yeah. I wanted to ask like, one last yes, question. Yes, please. Just it, this is just me as a filmmaker I feel like thinking I'm... that something looks fun, which yeah. is shooting a montage of action movie scenes. Oh, my God. In terms of shooting it, it was the most fun. It was so much fun. It wasn't like... Uh, a full meal. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a spiritual, you know, yeah. experience as making the rest of this film, which really had me go into some of the deeper mm-hmm. parts of of, uh, of myself. But it was in terms of fun, which fun is is often um, easier. Yeah. <laughs> to to kind of get into it was like just this fucking idea of like oh. What is this person's life like when I think of Shia sometimes and I haven't lived that life, but like just being in so many different scenarios and sets and then like on top of that, just really wanting to capture him losing sort of the feeling of what's real and what's not anymore. And like, it's hard to say what's Mm -hmm. the set and what's what's his life because like his life is becoming more and more outrageously resembling like some of the action things that he goes through. But the the thing that was probably one of the most fun days of my life was uh, blowing up Lucas in like one take. Right. (laughs) And like as this uh, idea of like the, you know, the the mythological no, 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 no. No, 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 no. See, I look at the montage in such a different way. Like, uh-huh. I know what you guys were trying to paint, but, and I guess the di- difference between what Noah was saying, like, I don't want to watch it because uh, cause I'll cry, and that's something you wouldn't want to do. I actually lean into that type of shit and like to cry deeply and <laughs> lean into pain because it, it, it makes me feel alive, and the other side of crying feels like joy in the respite of it. But I look at that montage as, like uh, being uh, like uh, about satisfaction, about the idea that's, that the ideas that come later in the script, where where he's uh, talking to the doctor inside about you know why he does these things, and I don't know if we if I ever really articulated in the script, but like I, it's part of my neurosis in that I only feel certain feelings, including crying, on a set, and and that I like feeling those feelings because they remind me that I'm human. 
and and I watched that montage and the heaviness of some of these scenes that are happening in in fake life on set, real life. I mean, whatever you want to chalk it up to be. Right. But it feels like this satisfaction question of, you know, um, I don't like ice cream in life, but I like it on set. In the same way that like some of these heavy emotional things that you feel insecure about are happening uh, on set. This is where it actually did happen for me, where where I could like fully release these emotions because I actually couldn't cry about my dad in life and I couldn't feel real feelings in life. I could only feel them on set in the same way that I don't like ice cream in life, but on set I love ice cream. Uh, like there's this lack of satisfaction in life that actually makes me want to go to set. It makes this job important for me. It makes, it makes me want to try really hard to make believe something because I get to feel something. And I guess I feel that in the montage, which wasn't I, the intention. But. No, I do. I feel that too. And I actually feel you did articulate it in the script. And I, when I say that he kind of gets lost between what's real and what's not, I yes. feel like that's the idea is that the, the life on set, and I've definitely experienced that with you as a friend, becomes yes. more real than yes. life itself yes. and actually the only place where you can feel things. Yes. So I definitely, and I think you did articulate it in, in saying that, you know, the only thing your father has ever given you uh yeah, it's of any value and all like that yeah hitting yeah the nail on the right head. like i think that that kind of ties into back to that that without it where would you be yes. and what would you feel yes. if you didn't have that yeah yes thanks for listening to the honey boy podcast don't forget to subscribe and comment and share and all that good shit and see you next time